This is the Epilog audio experience. Even as a child, like sports was one of the only jobs that made sense to me. You're fit all the time. Can you imagine you're fit all the time? And then you get paid for doing that. That's a joke. You get paid for playing a sport. And then once I checked off all those, and you can check them off in a season, you get this card. And if you've done this 200 to 600 range of rides, if you've done all of them in one season, you're called a, a super randonneur. Uh, I was part of the community that first caught on to this. And I happened to be, at the time, I happened to be the second youngest person in India to have done that. We ape or mimic a lot of what the pros do. Whether or not it actually makes a difference, we just love to do it. Shaving legs, for instance. Aerodynamic gain you get from shaving your legs is almost negligible. The reason we do it is because pros do it. And because they do it, it becomes cool. The Hyderabad cycling community gave me so much. Like I, I wouldn't know about cycling in this much depth. I work in cycling. Cycling is my livelihood now. It pays me money, pays me my you know, monthly wages. I wouldn't know it if I didn't if I wasn't a part of the Hyderabad Bicycling Club. Hello and welcome to the Passion People Podcast. We are listening to season two, episode 18, part two. The Passion People Podcast chronicles stories of people who follow their passion and are making it manifest. If this is the first time you're listening to the podcast, you might want to check out part one. You can independently listen to part two as well. A couple of episodes are structured as two-part special episodes to keep the length of the podcast small. Every fortnight, we interview a passionate individual from across the world, ranging from mountaineers to lawyers to adventurers to AI scientists to cyclists. We're trying to cover and showcase that ordinary people are capable of doing extraordinary things. Yes, I'm talking about you. You who's tuning in. You can do extraordinary things. And we want to inspire you with stories of individuals who are already doing it. Stories of individuals who you will not read about in the news. Stories of individuals who you will not come to know from anywhere else. In today's episode, we're in talk with Raman Garimela, who's a mechanical engineer, a cyclist, and a sports scientist. In the second part of our conversation, we talk about the importance of the Hyderabad Bicycling Club on Raman and how it shaped his cycling career. What he does when he gets bored easily and how he keeps things interesting. The importance of having a large amount of complexity in whatever passion that you take up. And of course, the importance of the community and having a set of like-minded individuals around you when you're trying to do something significant in your life. I'm sure you're going to love this episode. Before I wrap up, here's a quick friendly reminder to subscribe and rate the show to help improve its discoverability. Podcast monetization is still a long way for us to achieve. But in the meantime, we're trying to, you know, make some money by selling some cool Passion People podcast merchandise. If you need more details, I leave some information in the show notes. You can always tweet me and get the details of the amazing Passion People podcast shirts and hoodies that we have right now on sale. Thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy the show. So getting back to uh, your day job, 
after eight months you you end up leaving your day job eventually yeah i did and i no one could talk me out of it because <laughs> i was hot-headed and yeah if i decided i decided there was no reconsidering then yeah i had my notice period but what was happening in while i started this job was i picked up cycling as a hobby uh, like i said i joined this uh, hobby club uh, on the weekends and i got more and more involved with them it was it's hyderabad bicycling club i don't i don't work with them now but uh, back then it was a very important part of my life uh, it was community building it was sports and it was also travel like we would go on our bikes around hyderabad we would even go within ap i remember doing trips to karnataka there was uh, in the nilgiris tour of nilgiris i even went to uttarakhand with a friend i made through cycling so wow yeah this was all yeah i really loved distance at that time so for me it wasn't speed or winning races when i started off it was just distance challenges uh, i had this hero cycle the hercules cycle that i bought just after moving back to my hometown and the challenge every month was okay how much longer can i go now and that became a bragging rights when i went from you know i i struggled to do a 10 km loop in the first month and then 6 months later i thought uh, wow just looking back i could do 150 km and then yeah that's when the thing the the seed got in my head that i hey maybe i can maybe maybe cycling is a sport i should try out you know because even as a child like sports was one of the only jobs that made sense to me even now it still does like being an athlete that job just makes sense to me like you wake up you take care of your body you're fit all the time can you imagine you're fit all the time and then you get paid for doing that that's a joke you get paid for playing a sport there's a bit of show involved you know people are watching and it's just that job just makes sense to me absolutely and uh, i guess this is a this is a nice time for me to ask you this whenever uh, you're uh, in a lot of cases and especially for people like you and me who get bored pretty quickly or you're mm. always seeking new things how do you stay uh, motivated one to kind of continue doing this on a on a long term basis like firstly when you hit the plateau and mm. i secondly how do you keep yourself because till now you were using all of this as a distraction from something else that was occupying you so right. did you did you feel some kind of a loss of affection for for this whatever your cycling or whatever it is that you're doing when you change your attention from a part time thing to a full time thing or uh, were you able to just lean into it and you know it, it kind of swept you over yeah yeah i was really obsessed in those four years but luckily what happened was um my first my focus in the first half of that was distance so all i used to do was long distance cycling and then i found events that you could do just as a distance challenge so i would do you know there's it's called ultra endurance like in running there's there's 10k half marathon and a marathon and anything above a marathon is an ultra ultra marathon ultra event so i got into that the cycling equivalent of that where i would do 200 300 400 500 600 km rides that and then once i checked off all those and you can check them off in a season you get this card and if you've done this 200 to 600 range of rides if you've done all of them in one season 
you're called a, a super randonneur. Um, and I was, I, I am that. And I was one of the, uh, I was part of the community that first caught on to this. And I happened to be, at the time, I happened to be the second youngest person in India to have done that. Wow. I'm talking to a celebrity, basically. <laughs> the thing was, I later learned that you don't have to be young to do this. You can do this when you're older as well. You're probably even uh, in a better position to do ultra events as you're older because you have your body's more efficient in doing that kind of aerobic exercise. Your mind is more stable. You're, you know, there's more wisdom. There's uh, more calmness, which is, you know, you tend to be lonely. In the, can you imagine 600 kilometers? Uh, even if you're with someone, it can be, it's you're very much in your head. And it's almost meditative. So I think older people, you know, are better suited for for that discipline. Luckily, what I realized is, as someone who was 23, 24 then, there was this whole other world of competitive cycling, of racing, of speed. Yeah, then I immediately jumped on to... So I, I was able to get bored of the ultra endurance and move on to something within cycling. So I got to use uh, all that fitness I had from from long distance riding and take it to riding fast and that that was the next chapter for me in cycling so yeah that if that answers your question of getting bored with one thing and moving on to another absolutely and where did you uh and were you able to reach like a similar milestone kind of like a round near equivalent of speed no well in in races it's all about position now right it's about did you win the race did you finish top three so I did that. Yeah, I was uh, state champion for Andhra Pradesh, the last United Andhra Pradesh. So I was the last champion of United Andhra Pradesh. So you are talking to a celebrity now. Yes, that's <laughs> fantastic. And my distance was road. I was I didn't do mountain biking or track as much, although I am the track champion as well for one discipline. Okay. But road was my thing, uh, road cycling. And then I did races locally in Hyderabad. Then I, I started organizing races myself. You know, all that free time you have and all these ideas you have, what do you do? So I started organizing races by myself. We had a whole season before I left Hyderabad. I also took part in races in my state, in Bangalore. I used to come and I used to go to the nationals, of course. So my best finish at the nationals was 12th. This was in Haryana in 2013, I think. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, so that that was... Uh, my training volume was little less than what it used to be for long distance riding. Yeah, that that can be addictive as well because it's it's really one of the few things that can keep you enjoying road cycling because you can get bored of the routes, you can get bored of sceneries, you can get bored of people and training partners, but you can never get bored of speed if you keep getting faster and faster. That's That's something everybody should experience i think and cycling is perhaps the best way to do that because running just in terms of speed right running you, in cycling you can, you can do 35 40 kilometers an hour by yourself if you're really good in running the rush may be maybe a little less uh, wild Absolutely. And uh, as as a runner, I think I, I can relate to what, what you're saying because there's only that fast that I can go and you also tend to burn out a lot quicker in, in the running case. Yeah. And in cycling, well, my work uh, now deals a lot with how to get faster on a bike. Not 
in terms of uh, physiology, but aerodynamics. And once you get into that that bracket of 30 plus uh, kilometers an hour, it, it becomes about cheating the wind. How aerodynamic can you position yourself? How aerodynamic can you set up on the bike be? Can you add or remove a few elements that can make you faster or more streamlined? Can you wear a jersey that can, you know, a race jersey that can, or a helmet that can get you faster by a few seconds? And, you know, all that tends to matter. Your tire choices and it, yeah. So once speed, once you're obsessed with speed, there's a lot of things to keep you occupied for a few years. It's one, your own fitness, your apparel, your equipment, your accessories, and just some strategic decisions like what kind of tires should I put on and what pressure should it be? What is the weather condition going to, if it's going to be slippery, do I have the skill to manage being fast and keep my balance on the bike? There's, yeah, there's a lot of things that you can do to get fast. That kept me occupied for quite a while, yeah. Honestly, Raman, before uh, before I, sp- I spoke to you, I-, I always knew that there are a lot of cycling enthusiasts and there's a lot of science that goes into it, but mm-hmm. I had no clue that this is the level of complexity or the level of you know, preparedness that goes into it. And, you know, it just, it is just something that blows my mind. Yeah. And uh, what blew my mind was uh, when I was in Goa, I read Lance Armstrong's book. And as much as, you know, the dishonor he has brought to himself and the sport and people, that book is, you know, it's still, even in the book we wrote, Gokul and I, we featured this book in, in the recommendations. This is, in our top 10 books that we would recommend to anybody who wants to learn about cycling because i mean it's a best it's a worldwide bestseller for a reason and that is one of the biggest reasons is that people realize that cycling is so much more than just you know a guy getting on a bike and riding uh one of the things that i learned was back then before i even started was that cycling is a team sport uh, and how important having a teammate is. One very obvious way is, like I said, is cheating the wind. And if you can position a teammate in front of you to cheat the wind for you, and you drive, you ride in the slipstream. Uh, that's already you know, there's been research on this, and based on how many teammates you line up in front of you, that gain can be anywhere between five and forty percent, and. That's the physics aspect of it. But then this, if you have all these people, if you can imagine you have four people at your disposal who make it their job to make you win the race. And then strategy, this is almost like a game of chess where you may ask a teammate to fake an attack and then that may force a rival of yours to chase that attack and in turn tire himself out. And that way you kind of burn the matches you know it's called burning matches you burn the matches of all your opponents if you have you know strong teammates um and one of my favorite quotes is racing is all about licking your opponent's plate clean before you lick your own plate clean and (laughs) yeah so lance armstrong book is you know full of nuggets like this and i would recommend uh you know after you've bought my book you should buy (laughs) he's had two autobiographies and the first one is what i'm talking of yeah Okay, okay. So, dude, I guess the takeaway for me in all of this and as someone who's, who talks to people who follow their passion, right, is that 
I guess we need to choose something that is sufficiently complex enough that we can keep getting more and more out of it. Hmm. And it seems very evidently that cycling is one of these sports because I remember reading somewhere that, you know, playing an instrument, you have like a billion permutations and combinations of how you can get the same uh, same note on a guitar or how you can recreate a specific sound. Hmm. And, and I can see the similarities that's there in cycling as well. And what what is interesting for me is that for people tuning in, it's important that they understand that when they're looking for a passion or when they're looking for an adventure or when they want to dive deep into something, it needs to be a subject with a lot of depth. And cycling is, you know, very well positioned to be that. Yeah, I, w- I would like to add by saying uh, in the cycling community, we ape or mimic a lot of what the pros do. Whether or not it actually makes a difference, we just love to do it. Shaving legs, for instance, any cyclist who's done it for, you know, mo- most cyclists who've done it for a year or two, road cyclists, they start shaving their legs. Immediately, you know, first, a lot of people think, what's the point? Is it to become aerodynamic? It's not actually, you know, the aerodynamic gain you get from shaving your legs is almost negligible. The reason we do it is because pros do it. And because they do it, it becomes cool. (laughs) They do it because they have a couple of other reasons. They do it because, you know, they get massages every day. And having hair on your skin can be painful if you're getting massages every day. That's one reason. And road cyclists are also prone to falling a lot and getting road rash and, you know, scabs on their skin. And cleaning those wounds becomes easier when it's, uh, when it's, you know, free of hair. So that's why we do it. And a lot of, like I said, you know, the gear choices and this obsession, which, you know, every cyclist tends to have beyond, after you've gotten into cycling for, let's say, two, three years, it's very obsessive. And part of that obsession is because it trickled down from pros to us. Whether or not it makes a difference in, you know, in my local league, that's a different question. But they do it, so we should do it. And uh, as you say, uh, it probably it's probably a healthier way to keep your mind occupied in that complexity. Absolutely, and uh, you know, like I said, like this is this is so insightful, and I, I would have never thought of it uh, in in the way that you're putting it across, and that's great. Then there's diet, of course. There's you know, cyclists are about being at their minimum weight, the lowest body fat possible, and checking in on the weighing scale every day. That's another. Uh, I should probably make a list of all these quirks. But is that is that an unhealthy thing? Do you think, like, you used to be uh, doing these 600-kilometer races or these speed races where you finished top 12. Uh, that meant that you're obviously a very rigorous exercise regime. But now you've kind of, uh, you're, you're more on an academic path right now, right? And so does that mean, like, you did your fitness completely reduce or are you still, you know, moderately, you know, I, if you, if I force you that you can still do like a 300k kind of a ride yeah i do that actually this year so i stopped competing in races i stopped doing competitive events i'd still do one to three events every year if if it's a a a route that i like or if it's a challenging route i do yeah 100 to 200 kilometer rides now but they wouldn't be they wouldn't be anywhere close to the speed i used to be doing it at I still have my bike, but every year I think, oh, is next year going to be the year that I come back to cycling? Uh, and then I think no, because I got back to football. I play a lot of football now. I'm actually, 
I used to hate running and turns out I've, this year has been my best running year and I do stay fit. That's always there. That's never going to go away. But cycling fitness, racing fitness, that's not there. I, I don't know if I'll ever uh, decide to, you know, do master's racing. Master's racing is above 35, 40, that age category. Maybe I will. I don't know. Got it. So what 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 have you done to kind of package all of this learning and knowledge and experience that you have on cycling right now? Yeah, this this book, man. I first, uh, like when I was cycling, I used to do a variety of jobs. I probably did, you know, eight or ten different jobs. Some of them part-time, some of them freelance. One of them was writing. So I used to write for uh, Sportskeeda. I was the cycling contributor for Sportskeeda.com. Then I used to write for my friend's bike shop and their blog. I had another friend who did events for corporates. I used to write for their magazine. And somewhere, you know, I'd always wanted to write about cycling again. And I did that now with a very good friend of mine, Gokul, from Hyderabad. Mm -hmm. We both decided as a New Year's resolution to start to, to come out with a book. And it was last year. It wasn't this year. So we're a whole year behind our resolution, but we finally got it done. It's It looks beautiful. It looks absolutely gorgeous. I've heard the paperback. The idea at first was just to come out with an ebook, but then people, you know, uh, in Gokul circles, he's the one more active in the Indian cycling scene now. People started asking for paperbacks and then we finally brought it out and we're very proud of it. One reason, there's two or three reasons why we wrote it. One was we were getting tired of rehashing the answers to the same questions our friends and family had you know friends and family would come to me hey i want to buy a bike which one should i buy and then we get into oh no you don't understand it's not that simple we have to have this whole blah 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 you know we need to understand what budget you have what goals you want to have why do you want to get into cycling why not something else are you sure about cycling how do you know you're sure about cycling here is here the checklist so there was this whole like algorithm of figuring out which bike someone should buy then we thought, hey, we've we've done this dozens of times over the last five, ten years. Wouldn't it be smart to just put it in writing somewhere? So we did that. We we have a book. I don't know how many pages. How many I haven't seen the paperback yet. How many pages? Like ninety, hundred? I'm opening it as we speak. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice, nice booklet with a lot of basic information. It has answers to all the questions that anybody who's curious about cycling has spans across ages in fact it's in it's been featured on amazon india's it's number one bestseller on amazon india in the children's sports category thank you in the kids sports so it's for kids for young adults for anybody who can who reads english and is interested in in the sport of cycling as a hobby as a lifestyle choice or as a competitive sport this book I want to say I believe in it, man. It's it's a quality product. It has all the answers. There's nothing else that I would like to add to it. It's quite comprehensive. Right. It's it's 128 pages, and uh, looks like you're uh, you're really doing that uh, the selling thing well. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also want to say uh, that one part was us getting tired of people asking this question. That's yeah. I was making a joke. I'm not, I don't get tired of you know helping them out. The other part was. Uh, the Hyderabad cycling community gave me so much. Like I, I wouldn't know about cycling in 
this much depth. I work in cycling. Cycling is my livelihood now. It pays me money. I wouldn't know it if I didn't, if I wasn't a part of the Hyderabad Bicycling Club. The wonderful people there who took me under their wings, who taught me the basics, and then I somehow surpassed them. Let's so to speak, right? Because I I got into it a lot more seriously than they did. So both from Gokul and me, this whole this book is dedicated to the cycling community at large, but in specific to Hyderabad because it's our way of giving back. Yeah. Right. And what's the uh, what's the premise behind the name of the book, Escape Velocity? Escape Velocity, yeah. That's a it's a personal reason why I came up with it. It, it was my idea. I pitched it to Gokul. Uh, it's, a, it's a phrase that stuck to me. It goes back to 2014 where I was in India. I was racing... And I still somehow felt, again, I thought I was done with it, just like my corporate job. I probably need, needed to move on to something else. And for that, I needed an escape velocity because it almost felt like I couldn't do it just by myself. So I needed an escape velocity, something that could take me out to orbit and take me to the next step, which was studying sports and studying cycling rather than just being an athlete in it. And, you know, that way I can influence more lives than just mine. So escape velocity comes from that um, and Gokul liked the phrase as well because he guides people. He's a coach now. He coaches cyclists. He coaches athletes. He also coaches people who just want to get off the couch. So it's he liked it because to get on a bike, you need an escape velocity to take you off the couch. And that's that's the reason behind the name. Fantastic. And uh, for whoever is uh, uh, who's tuning in and who's interested in uh, knowing more about uh, the book, there will be details on the show notes and the related posts on how what you can do to uh, win a copy of the book and uh, links to Amazon and uh, related websites from where you can buy the book will be part of the show notes. And so, so that's where people can get the book. So uh, Raman, would you be okay if uh, people also emailed you or reached out to you with questions on cycling on your transition and if someone is uh, um, is willing to embark on a similar path would, would it be okay if they reached out to you yeah absolutely we're more than happy to do that because it if there's something that the book doesn't answer we're more than happy to t- show people you know what comes after that there's so much more in cycling and we've seen a bit of that we're happy to show other people that especially young people because i was a young guy who who could have used this book you know if I was starting off in cycling, this book could have saved me a lot of time and effort. So if there's anybody else, uh, young people or their parents, we'll be more than happy to talk you talk with talk to you about cycling and racing and cycling. Uh, Naga, before I forget, I always forget to mention this. Before I forget, I want to mention uh, Victor Campanats. He's the gentleman who wrote the foreword for our book. He is he's no ordinary guy. He's actually he's the fastest man in the world. There's this thing called the hour record where a guy goes on a bike in a velodrome on a track, you know, those oval things, and they, they cycle for one hour. And he holds the current world record of more than 55 kilometers on a bike. So he is the fastest man on the world in the world. And he was gracious enough to to write the foreword for our book. And I can't thank him enough. I always forget to acknowledge him, but I just wanted to mention his name once again. He's, he's, he's younger than us. He's... Uh, an absolute gentleman and you know thanks once again for writing victor fantastic 
thanks raman for uh, being on the show and uh, walking us through your journey and uh, you know concluding on the book i'm sure a lot of our listeners are going to order the book and learn more about cycling and uh, the cycling community in hyderabad and um, i hope that uh, they also reach out to you in case they need uh, any any kind of a guidance and uh, thanks again for taking time to be on uh, the podcast thank you naga thank you very much it's always a pleasure talking to you and i can't tell you enough uh, what a good listener you are of the 60 minutes i may have spoken for 58 thanks for giving me that stage hey guys thanks for tuning into the show we appreciate you taking the time out for this if you like what you heard please share this with a few friends and leave a review rating on your favorite podcaster this will help more people learn about the podcast until next time this is krithika from the passion people podcast wishing you a wonderful week ahead stay passionate cheers